Hello and welcome back to Tales of Faith, a podcast on the narrative lectionary. <laughs> oh y'all, it's going to be a good, good episode. Oh, no. She's already lost it. This is our uh, Christmas special. So uh, my, um, my co-host Louise is going to... Working on composing herself, so I'll just keep on vamping because I don't want to edit. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's it is uh the Christmas season, so today we're going to be looking at we've got Christmas Eve morning because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, Christmas Eve night, and then Christmas Day. So, from the Gospel of Luke and then the Gospel of Mark. So, those are the things that we are looking at. Um, I am going to be preaching from some of this, I think. So that's exciting. Well, I hope so, because no one else is going to be. Well, no, uh, Christmas morning, we're going caroling. Uh, so Christmas Eve will be correct. And then Christmas Day, we're doing a different thing because we're doing something different. So, um, yeah, but I thought we would talk about it and also recognize that we have heard this story many, many, many times. So we will... Um, Try not to tell you things that you already know or think about. Uh, maybe we'll we'll think of some new things together. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing yeah, good. I'm ready doing to go. Good. All right. So our first one is Luke chapter one, verse five to thirteen, and then optional is fourteen to twenty-five, and then fifty-seven to eighty. You want to take it. Maybe we should take it all at once and then talk about it. That'll help us. To... I think you can probably find reasonable movements within it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see where the natural. We'll, we'll go and are. we'll. OK, so we'll start at least with five to 13. Okay. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot according to the customs of the priesthood to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord and to offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. So that's the end, uh, and then we can pick up on the... um, alternate the the extra stuff do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah i can keep going keep going all right so now we're going into the optional if uh if you would like to have some extra you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the lord he must never drink wine or strong drink even before his birth he will be filled with the holy spirit he will turn many of the people of israel to the lord their god With the spirit and the power of Elijah, he will go before him 
to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make a to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When, they, when he did not come out, uh, when he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time for service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. All right. So, um, probably just a, a quick overview of the Gospel of Luke, which is not our focus for this year. Um, we did it a couple years ago, uh, same author as the book of Acts. Um, has a bit of a different take on things, uh, much more sort of, we would probably call uh, social righteousness stuff. Very sort of uh, economics are really important to him. Um, but yeah, uh, said, sets out to give an orderly account mm. as, as sort of a, what we would call ancient historian. So, um, yeah. So Zechariah and the, the birth of John. I mean, again, it's such a familiar account. Mm -hmm. We all know this. Um, I think just, you know, I think the angels just a tad bit unfair. Zachariah just asks one question and all of a sudden he's mute. <laughs> Though I will note, I saw something about this recently, um, really remarking at how the beginning of Luke's gospel, the men are all Yeah, I mute. saw that same. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that same. Um, yeah, there's the one guy who says something, mean, and yeah. yeah, and the uh, the angel's like, no, 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 you don't get to speak. And then for most of the rest of this, the women actually have a much more prominent role. Yeah, I was going to, uh, yeah, that was the other thing, the only thing I was going to point out, though. But if you, when you look at Zachariah versus Sarah, Sarah just immediately accepts it, whereas, you know, Zachariah asks the one question. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. That would um, be a nice trick, though. You ask me a question? Nope, we're done. And in Luke's gospel in general, women play a more sort of prominent role. That's where we have the the like women who bankroll Jesus's ministry, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I also find it amusing to think about uh, Zechariah coming out and what that charade must have looked like to the the rest of like him trying to explain to everybody what just happened without being able to say any words. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. 
Note for the audio, she is uh, <laughs> acting out the, the pantomime. Exactly. So, but you should imagine that in your own mind because yeah. it's always funnier if it you was imagine good. it yourself. It was very good. Um, I also love that he, he fulfills his time. They're like, well, you don't speak, but you're kind of on the clock for another you eight hours. So, <laughs> so um, we're going to keep you on. Um, there's there's obviously sort of the illusion or the the connection to Old Testament stories of miraculous mm-hmm. births. Um, this one clearly connecting to like Abraham and Sarah, um, who are an older couple who are now able to have children. So that's um, that's definitely kind of part of this is laying out this idea of like something something pretty amazing, something pretty special is happening here. Yeah, and I I do think it's interesting that they pretty much immediately realized what had happened Mm -hmm. to him. It wasn't that it was common enough Mm -hmm. that when someone would go in there that they could have a vision, that that's immediately where they went. There's not a lot of, or at least we're not told about a lot of dithering. Yeah. um, Which I just, you know, I think. Well, also, I mean, he's going into the, yeah. He's going into the temple. It's not like he went to the Walmart and came back and couldn't speak. Um, right. But, but how often do we take for granted those encounters mm. with this? Or mm. more aptly, what if we took more seriously our encounters with the spirit mm. or someone else's encounters with the spirit? Yeah. Um, and immediately accepted it as is, as opposed to trying to find... Um, not scientific that's not the right word but explanations Mm -hmm. for encounters with god or Um, just trusting somebody's yeah experience yeah like i had this dramatic spiritual encounter and you go oh great tell me about that as opposed to yeah well maybe interesting maybe Maybe. yeah Yeah. um but just that that they immediately accepted that and that that is something we should learn from that immediate immediate acceptance of the spirit Mm -hmm. um you also have that john is to be a um uh in the prophet not exactly but in the Mm. this bit about in the style of elijah right is that what you're I was, it was the, that he's not supposed to drink. Oh yeah. Um, he's not supposed to, it's going to come to me in a little bit, but there was this, um, in the law, there's this ability to take on this, um, this role. And it's basically, you're not actually a priest, but you almost take on priestly, all of the, the stuff. Priestly duties. Um, and for the, for ancient times, not drinking anything alcoholic is actually pretty dangerous <laughs> um right. for for a woman who is gonna have a baby for that that child because there are so many um right water was not safe yeah water was not safe so um mm. so that's another act of trust and an act mm-hmm. of reliance there that much like what i always say is an episcopalian we have the common cup and right. um you know, to other people, that seems so weird because why are you drinking after other, you know, but for our tradition, we believe that that is the common cup that is blessed by God. And so we are not going to get sick from that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a trust in, in God's protection there. Yeah. Um, and then that's, and that's 
we're seeing that here. Mm -hmm. uh, Nazarene, it's the rite of a Nazarene, um, which I think it's Matthew plays plays with using that sort of religious sort of sect and connecting Jesus to it because he's born, he's raised in Nazareth. Um, now, why is Elizabeth in seclusion for five months? Was that a common? I'm not sure. Or is that just? I, I imagine it's a little bit of a, um, maybe kind of her frailty, depending on how old she mm. is. Um, but also kind of like, this is a weird thing. We do like, maybe it's just, she gets sick of every time she goes out in public, people going, Oh my gosh, you actually are bright. Oh, you you're your like, belly okay. All the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel that I get that. Yeah. I was going to say us, us women of advanced age, advanced maternal age. Mm -hmm. That breaks nice. Also, um, because Zachariah can't speak for her, mm. that may have been part of that. Because she she obviously can't speak because she's a woman. Right. <laughs> obviously. Silly. So that might be part of it. Anyways, so then there's a whole thing with her cousin Mary, whatever. Um, right. <laughs> but we're going to skip over that <laughs> and get to... <laughs> this, is, this is in the morning. We'll hear about that later. Um, <laughs> starting with verse 57. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. Her neighbors said, uh, and relatives heard that what the Lord had, that the Lord had shown God's great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to get, name him Zechariah after his father, but his mother said, "No, he is to be called John." They said to her, "None of your relatives has this name." Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. Because apparently he was deaf as well. Uh, he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue freed and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors and all of these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, what then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord is with him. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for God has looked favorably on God's people and redeemed them. God has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of God's servant David. As God spoke through the mouth of God's holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus God has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered God's holy covenant. The oath that God swore to our ancestors Abraham to grant us that we being rescued from the hands of our enemies might serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before God all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High for you will go before the Lord to prepare God's ways, to give knowledge of salvation to God's people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God. The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. 
Well, first of all, my mind started wandering halfway through that reading. Sure. <laughs> but uh, what is the age difference between John and Jesus? Do we have any inkling? Uh, it's it's suggested that it's well. I mean, in this, it's like a couple of months. That's what I was. Yeah. Um, part of part of what's going on, and this we may go a little woo woo, um, but part of historically what is trying to be communicated, I think, is John was a big deal. Right. Like everybody knew who John was. Um, he had a seems to have had a much longer ministry maybe not quite as dramatic but like thousands of people from all over the area came to john he was well respected and so part of what both well all of the gospels start with that the story of jesus starts with the baptism mm -hmm. um because it's it's this clear connection between hey you remember that john guy Maybe you haven't heard about Jesus, but let me tell you about him. John thought he was the shit. He was like really cool. So you should listen to this guy. That's There's part of that that's going on. Um, rooting Jesus's story in John's story, who at, at the time of Jesus was the much bigger, sort of much more um, relevant figure. Um, so part of, part of that is saying John was really important. And John thought Jesus was really important. Um, there are some who suggest that um, it, it's kind of alluded to, but it seems very likely that Jesus was one of John's disciples for a while. And there are some who suggest that maybe John was actually a part of the Essenes for a while as well. Because um, the Essenes were, were the sort of desert sect who basically in the whole um, conversation about like, how do we deal with Rome? You had the Pharisees who said, we should not have anything to do with them. We should be as Jewish as possible. You had the Sadducees who were like, well, we could be a little bit Roman because baths are nice. Um, and sort of uh, were a little bit more kind of connected to Rome. The Essenes were like, y'all have all lost it. We're just going to go off in the wilderness and do our own thing. Um, and one of the things now that we, we, with the Dead Sea Scrolls and that sort of stuff, we know a lot more about that community and baptism was, or what we would call baptism was really a big deal for them. Mm -hmm. That sort of ritual washing, they did it seven times a day. Um, and it was just constantly washing like themselves. Yeah. Like using, using this sort of ritual washing from the Jewish, mm -hmm. um, sort of practices as a way to like, I'm, I'm going to cleanse myself, but it was this very private thing. So John took that same sort of symbol and said, no, this is going to be a very public thing. We're going to do this like right on the Jordan river. Everybody can come, everybody can see it. Um, and then, and then Jesus kind of continues that on. So anyways, um, yeah. So that's part of it is just really establishing the connection between Jesus and John here, they're cousins. Um, that's not something that's, that's necessarily sort of, um, talked about in the other gospel accounts. Right. Um, so yeah. 
there is an interesting it's not a parallel but just like when you as you were talking about it you know we have all these people who are upholding the min the ministry of john right mm -hmm. and john says no it's actually about jesus mm -hmm. but how many of those people you know, that were actually following john started to then follow jesus and how many of them didn't mm -hmm. and the idea of like the mega churches and the big mm -hmm. churches how many of them are actually following jesus and how many of them are following their preacher yeah um right yeah just that like i don't know it's, it's not a fully formed idea sure. but I, I think it's an interesting mm -hmm. um again it's not totally a parallel but it's mm. just an interesting yeah Oh, well, and, and as we're getting into the Gospel of Mark, there's a real, especially early on, real discomfort with the crowd. Yeah. Um, and the real sort of Jesus doesn't doesn't like that. Jesus wants, okay, there's all these people. Sure, we'll feed them. We'll like talk to them. But I'm going to choose you 12. Um, yeah, so there's, there's so, some interesting dynamics going on. But. There's an interesting... Um do we recenter or do we center our ministry enough on jesus or are we centering our ministry on other things mm. um, yeah yeah zacharias no zacharias sings a song um yeah. as mary just did we skipped that over um and that's also part of the style of luke in that sort of the histories of the day people would give big like monologues it's very um, yeah it's very tolkien <laughs> it's very shakespearean um because both of those took it off of this era of, of writing so they were all musical theater kids the yeah. truth is musical theater kids really do break out into song randomly it's absolutely just something we do yeah yeah so yeah do you want to read the next bit sure so now we're on christmas eve night luke 2 1 through 14 and then bonus 15 to 20. All right. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to, Ju to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was a descendant from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Shall I continue? That's the end of 14. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. 15 to what? 15 to 20. To 20. When the angel had left them, left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go down to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. All right. So we have the birth. Um, just some interesting contrast between Luke and Matthew. Um, in Luke's gospel, they, are, they start out in Nazareth. And then they go down to Babylon, or they don't go to Babylon at all. They go to Bethlehem uh, because there's this census, um, and uh, and then they'll end up back in Nazareth, Nazareth again. Whereas in Matthew's gospel, they're already in in Bethlehem, and because of Herod, they go to Egypt and then end up in Nazareth. Um, so just kind of in interesting contrast, different different um, ways that the story is being told. Um, here we have the, the barn, we have there's no room in the inn, all that sort of stuff that makes really good uh, our, our nativity play type thing, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. um, the tension of trying coffee. to find a place. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the news to shepherds, which were not well respected in any way, shape or form. So I have to say this is something that always bothers me. Cause I always hear that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I guess that, you know, that is true, but also they were the people who gave you food. Mm -hmm. right they were taking care of your food mm -hmm. so actually in the grand scheme of things they were quite important mm -hmm. um and i think that there is a little bit of we always say oh well they appeared to the shepherds so that yeah. they would know god was for everyone because the shepherds are nothing and i understand that mm -hmm. but i also think that it's not saying the shepherds are that god appeared to them because the shepherds are nothing mm. i think there's something in there that god appeared to them because the shepherds were actually super important y'all just didn't understand how important the shepherds were right mm -hmm. um and I, I don't know it's just always we always go oh that's well, a good point yeah you know this like I, even when i was teaching the kids it was you know the shepherds show us that god is for everyone mm. but i think the shepherds also show us that everyone is important to mm. god yeah that's a nice uh, sort of twist. It's the um, yeah. It's like the Doctor Who Christmas Carol episode of like, I've I've been through all sorts of things and I've never met someone who's nobody. not important. Yeah. yeah, who's not important. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So because, yeah, maybe later the, on, I mean, the shepherds are not them. well respected. Maybe right, but. But we, it is indicated mm -hmm. that all these people listened to them. Yeah. So if they were truly nobody that nobody listened to and nobody mm -hmm. cared about, why would people listen to them and not just assume, oh, maybe they're just drunk? Right. Like, yeah. again, I think that there's, I think that we make some assumptions there based on what we think their roles would have been. 
And again, how often do we make yeah. those assumptions about people every day? Yeah. Um, and about this story. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of assumptions that we bring to this story. That, yeah. Um, you know, we bring in Matthew, we bring, you know, like we combine a lot of things and because um, we've heard probably the most sermons about this, you know, like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the same. I mean, it's this one or there isn't a lot of variation on Christmas. You're yeah. going to get the nativity. Mm -hmm. um, as you should. It is yeah, Christmas. It sure. Is like, makes sense. You're not going to tell and not going to not tell the birth story. Um and maybe it's the it's the um, the Moses thing that they're the ones who are paying attention in the way that mm -hmm. they can actually hear this. Mm, Whereas yeah. there's um, there's an element of this that is kind of urban versus kind of rural, um, and maybe the the news would not be heard in the same way in in the city yeah. as is heard out in the country. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's that. And there's a, you know, there's that silence of being out in nature and that um, being attuned mm. to God more mm -hmm. when you are in nature. Yeah. Um, so maybe there's some of that too. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a shame to just reduce them to. Yeah. No, that's, thank you for that correction. That's good. Um, what is it? Uh, Whitman is the like, find yourself in the in the forest or something like that it's that sort of like yeah Kierkegaardian kind of yeah in nature we can we can hear in ways that we can't hear in other places yeah it's a good point just very nice interesting thought um Uh, yeah. Anything else that we want to add to this bit? Um, I always love the, you know, Mary pondered all of these things in mm -hmm. her heart and, but it feels like there's something missing there from the author mm. that he was going to tell us something about that pondering that we don't get. Mm -hmm. Um, because unless Mary's going home and writing it in her diary, she's probably not actually keeping all these things to herself. Right. I don't know many wives that do. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, if something like that happened, I would think about it, but then I would talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I so badly want to know what Mary would have told us about mm -hmm. the things that she had seen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know why we don't get that. We get her one song early mm -hmm. on. Um, but it just, it's, it's a shame that that is all we have. Yeah. From Mary's perspective. Yeah. I have to look. I think she plays, my guess is, is Luke is one of the ones where she plays a more significant role oh, yeah. later on. Um, and that may be all still the not, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that is being set up there is that because it is, because of the way that it is worded, but Mary mm -hmm. pondered all of these things. 
So the shepherds see it and they're like, oh my gosh, got to go tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Joseph, we don't know anything other than like Joseph's a new dad, probably shocking his eyes and going, oh my God, there's a child here and he's screaming. I don't know what to do about that. Mary's thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that does tell us something. Um, and she's meditating on it and she's mm-hmm. taking it in mm-hmm. and taking it into her heart. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that that idea there is just to tell us that that is also one of the ways we need to be interacting with the spirit Mm -hmm. is not just hearing it immediately going out and telling everybody, Mm -hmm. but that sometimes we also need to think through that experience and really, I don't know, let it, let it simmer. Well, and and I wonder to if... understand it, and then to be able to go out and proclaim it. Yeah. Um. And the way that you said that has there's this connection to the Annunciation, where the angel says this is going to happen, and she, it's this she takes it into herself, right? Yeah. Um, and it germinates and becomes this life, um, that she bears this word. Yeah. Um, in a very literal, physical sense. And now this is a sort of bearing that in a more metaphorical sense. But yeah. Yeah. That's that's an interesting parallel, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that act of meditation, that act of considering and pondering and uh, mumbling over uh yeah yeah now for something completely different um 34 um we go to the gospel of mark which is going to be our focus for this spring so we are in mark chapter 1 verses 1 through 20 now remember the leisurely pace that we uh, just heard from luke That's not going to be the case here. Uh, The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it was written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, 
and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So in 20 verses, we get... Yeah. <laughs> like Mark does not mess around, especially at the beginning. It's like, okay, just get to the good stuff. Um, but let's, uh, yeah, let's take these um, bit by bit. Again, we start with John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make God's path straight. Um, and baptizing people lots of people um everybody's coming to to john even though he's weird and he looks like he's you know he's dressed in camel hair and eats locusts and wild honey um and he's promising He's giving a baptizing baptism with water, but promising baptism with the Holy Spirit. Um, from someone else. Though. From someone else, yeah. Yeah, I wondered how I wonder how many people missed that part of the message. Yeah. That again, that who you're supposed to be following is not me. Mm -hmm. That there isn't that you know. That our that it is bigger than John, mm -hmm. much like our beliefs are bigger than our church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and bigger than the church capital. Mm -hmm. um, that the church, that the Bible, that our preachers, that our ministries, that are all of these things point to something greater. Yeah. Um, and uh, it makes me think of, of the um, parable of the seeds. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty prominent in Mark. Yeah. That, and, and perhaps that's, you know, part of the reason why we do start out with this, like, all of these people were following John the Baptist, but, mm -hmm. but how many of them did, did it really take root? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, you know, we often look at these big mega churches and, and not that there's a pick on them and that's not, it's not that I don't think that there's a place for that, for that. And that there is not some wonderful ministries being done in those, but how many of those seeds are taking are actually really taking root. And mm -hmm. it's not for me to judge, but I do think that there's a, um, that we look at these mega churches as something to attain, mm -hmm. you know, to really pack them in, um, as opposed to looking at the seeds really taking root as something to attain. Yeah. Um, and again, that that those assumptions about what is successful ministry, yeah, are really called to account, especially in Mark, but in all of the Gospels, 
Um, it's, uh, yeah, we bring sort of that capitalistic mindset of, well, like a successful ministry, a successful church is where there's just loads and loads and loads of people. Yeah. Um, and there might be, but it's usually not like yeah. truly vibrant. Um, vibrant ministries look different sometimes. Yeah, we should be measuring ourselves by the amount of people that we're feeding. Right. Uh, On faithfulness. As, no. Yeah. As, as Jesus fed the people, not mm -hmm. as just a, oh, a lot of people, but like how he fed the people with bread mm -hmm. and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think we talked a bit about John to begin with. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think those are the big observations deal. I have there. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus is baptized. Um, and an interesting textual note is just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descended like a dove on him. And a voice from heaven, you are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. Who is he? Well, one would assume Jesus. <laughs> that is possible. Yeah. Um, it also could be John. And actually, uh, another one of the Gospels says, and like in John's Gospel, John the baptizer says, I baptized him and this is what I saw. Right. The Spirit descending. Um, so it's just kind of an yeah. interesting thing. That but the Spirit is descending on Jesus. Yes. Yeah. The but way the... you asked the question made it sound as though oh, I'm we sorry. were no, questioning but... who the spirit yeah, was. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but... And who God was referring to. Uh, yeah, the, the... He saw the heavens torn apart. Right. Was that Jesus who saw the heavens torn apart, or is that John, John. seeing it? Um, which is just kind of an interesting thing. Um, and this clear pronouncement, we have son of... of God as this, and that's actually at the very, very beginning as this title, um, very clearly being used, um, which is going to have like in the first century has mm -hmm. a different connotation than we bring to it um, because Caesar was also considered to be son of God. Um, so there, there's at least possible that sort of like parallelism or that, um, sort of compare contrast sort of situation going on. Um, and then the spirit drives them out into the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan or just the accuser. And he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. That's it. That's all we get. <laughs> Two verses <laughs> like, um, you know, Matthew has the, oh, and then he went and he saw this and this was the temptation and this was Jesus' answer and this and blah, 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 blah. And this is just like, oh, yeah. And he went in the wilderness. That happened. That happened. Then we did something else. Um, and the other or another really interesting thing, I think, especially in the conversation about John, is that Jesus' ministry starts after John is arrested. Mm, yeah there's that is the sort of spark that starts this new ministry 
um, John Dominic Crossan talks about, he's a um, New Testament scholar, um, talks about that that's, that's sort of a really pivotal thing, especially thinking about John in this sort of um, reformist, sort of Essene-inspired, kind of like we're trying to bring the people back sort of thing. Um, but a nonviolent movement. We're just going to be out here in the wilderness. We're going to like, hey, everybody should sort of be doing this stuff, um, but actually not really any direct interaction. And in Mark's gospel, we have no direct interaction with the religious authorities we have, you know, we don't have that sort of stuff from, from John the baptizer. Um, we have it in other places, but, um, and that part of what's going on is Jesus sees the arrest of John sees, okay, this is where he was going. This is his trajectory. I'm going to do something. I, I like his, where he was going, but there also needs to be some changes the big crowd thing maybe was not the best option. Let's go with something smaller. Let's go with something more sustainable. Um, and let's go with nonviolent resistance. We're still gonna be nonviolent, but it's gonna be in sort of direct um, opposition to those in power. Um, but also recognizing another important thing for Mark's gospel is Jesus knows exactly where this could go. He's already seen it with John. Um, he knows where this could go. Um, yeah. And the message is the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Um, this kingdom of God conversation, this like new kingdom people are hearing maybe great. We're going to have national sovereignty back. He's talking about something else. He's talking about that, that um, Jerusalem of heaven that we were talking about in, in Isaiah, like a new way of being is here. Yeah. Um, well, and literally the kingdom of yeah. heaven has come because right. Jesus has he's come. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there which was... is, which is also kind of like the good news thing. Um, Evangelion. No, keep going. Okay. Um, that word in the first century was something like Caesar is dead. Long live this new Caesar, right? Your world is now changing. You are now under the Seleucid empire instead of the uh, Ptolemy empire. Um, it's, it's big news. That's going to change your life. It's going to change the world. Um, that's the way that good news, that word is used. And that's, that's what he's proclaiming. Yeah. He's saying the kingdom of God, God's actual kingdom has come near. Your world is going to change. Yeah. Um, you have to sort of catch up to that and realize it. Um, when I read this in um, our Holy Disruption book, mm. one of the things that stood out to me was this proclamation that the good news is here mm. um, to believe or 
the kingdom of heaven is the good news. The kingdom of heaven coming near is the good news. Yeah. That Jesus is coming to earth is the good news. We today often say when we are to go out and proclaim the good news, it is the death and resurrection. Right. Which is important. Is part of it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we only highlight that, again, we are highlighting sin and repentance, but we are downplaying the entire work of Christ before that. Mm -hmm. We're downplaying all of the social um, and political work. Mm -hmm. The that that is also the kingdom of heaven. Yep. That that is that that social justice work, mm -hmm. um, and that that is the good news too and mm -hmm. we often downplay that in favor of a more us centric forgiveness of sins which mm -hmm. is important we've had that discussion yeah, i, I mm -hmm. think it's vitally you know that is the bedrock of our faith um but we can't forget that this is the good news too right that his birth is just his birth and being and his ministry mm -hmm. is that good news too and when we downplay that we are missing out on a huge part of what the good news really is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the framing for we're going to, it's going to start off with some healing mm -hmm. of people. And, and really the way it's being treated is like, again, we, we have a new reality now live into that new reality. Yeah. Your paralysis is gone, right? Your sins are forgiven. And also you, can walk. Yeah. Um, the world has changed. Um, uh, I was going to say something else. Nope. Don't know. Um, but yeah, this 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 good news has come. Um, and the kingdom is not a future. Mm -hmm. The kingdom is it's present. A present. It's right um, now. Yeah. Kind of again, we we've been talking about that. We were talking about that this morning, of um, the emphasis of Advent being this like the can be that sort of future kingdom that's going to come. God's going to make everything good eventually, right? Um, and that part of it is the call. The good news is yeah to live into that kingdom here and now. Um, the world has changed. And he calls first disciples who are um, fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. Um, some interesting thing, and this is, um, again, John Dom Dominic Carrasson has been doing some work on some, some interesting stuff. There's archaeological evidence. Um, first, we found this boat that was in the Sea of Galilee that um, dates to around the first century. And what's interesting is that it is has been repaired and there are th 13 or 14 different kinds of wood on mm. this boat, which says this is a working boat. And you get a hole in that boat and you're going to fix it with whatever you have at hand. Like this is not, you know, a professional sort of thing. Um, so there's that. But then there's also archaeological, but also just textual evidence 
that um, around this time, Herod, um, whichever Herod it was, I don't remember which one, um, had moved the capital of Judea um, to the Sea of Galilee. It was a a coastal city on um, the Mediterranean Sea. He moves it to the Sea of Galilee, which then completely changes the economics of the entire area. Primarily, it means that now there's all sorts of, all of a sudden, royal fisheries who are taking most of the fish. And so these fishermen who have been for generation upon generation been fishing the sea now there's there's not enough fish there's like there's all of a sudden this sort of um there's this economic boom for the nation but these people are crushed yeah um and just to note that there's it's interesting that these are his first disciples that this movement about claiming a kingdom that actually cares about people who are, uh, you know, the the um, the royal kingdom doesn't care about all that much. Um, that it happens at this time, and with these people who are being crushed, who, you know, this guy shows up, and probably, you know, he's from Nazareth. They probably know each other, but. Even still, he just says, hey, come and follow me. And they're like, yep, I'm going to go do that, right? There's not a story about, you know, James and John, or no, it was Peter and Andrew, who had the best fishing day they ever have had, and then that's when they leave. Um, He's just like, follow me, leave your dad. And they're like, okay, we're going to do that. Um, That there's something about that, that there's... Uh, maybe that desperation, maybe a don't see any future in where we are now. So let's let's go and try this thing out. Um, and leave your father. <laughs> That's it. What did I do? <laughs> yeah. um, so this movement is starting and it's starting really small. Um, which is, which is interesting, especially in contrast to John's ministry, which is huge. Yeah. But the lasting impact is small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So those are our readings for Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve night. And Christmas Day for those of you who are doing that. Um, anything you want to? I think we we had some kind of sermon seeds in there. Anything you want to? I'm going to take all of these things and ponder them in my heart, and Ooh. write a kids sermon on Friday. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of in. There's a lot of interesting observations or maybe not interesting i think they're interesting yeah um things in there but frankly it'll probably be the traditional jesus came down mm-hmm. in love and um you know because that is important mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. I don't. I won't know until I read it. Christmas Eve, I'm I'm preaching on um kind of using the hymn uh why uh, who uh what child is this? And in the glory to God hymnal, they restore the original sort of verses in the second the first half of the verse is the part that we're used to that like um you know Jesus in a manger, why lies he in this mean estate where ox and ass are, are bleeding? Um, and then the second half of, of those verses are go to the crucifixion um, as sort of this recognition that the birth is important, but it's not important by itself. Mm. Um, that it's because of where this is all going not that the the cross is then the absolutely pinnacle because the light the everything that happens in between those is really important um but that's that's the thing that makes the birth important mm. that's the reason why um why luke and matthew say oh we need to have something about where he came from because if if the end is so important then we should tell an important beginning, an auspicious beginning. Whereas Mark says, that's not actually that important. Yeah. I'm just going to start with the baptism because that's where the story starts. Um, that to frame it, that this is, this is important, but it's important because of where it's going. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, join us. Who knows when next one? Maybe, be. <laughs> maybe next week. We'll see. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do something in the coming weeks um, and try not to drop off too much, but yeah. Yeah. Thanks for record from the car. <laughs> record from the car. I'll be the way back. Um, it's not a bad idea. Actually, we should do that. Um, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Yep. In the new year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>